Welcome Black Hollywood Live fans. On today's Fit Club, we talk social media misinformation, marijuana health concerns, and we are joined by Fit to Fat to Fit creator Drew Manning. Stay tuned for more. You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, Fit Club. All right, we are back. We were away on a hiatus for two weeks, so it feels really, really good to be back. You guys are watching Fit Club. I am your host, Fallon Mercedes. You guys can find me online at fitwithfallon.com, along with my co-host... Shaka Smith. You can find me at Shaka Strong on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And we have my boss uh, <laughs> and creator of Fit to Fat to Fit, Mr. Drew Manning. He is Skyping in tonight. We appreciate you, Drew. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank, Thank you for joining you. us. Now, I say boss because, of course, I was on <laughs> season one, but he is also a mentor, a friend, and just an all-around amazing guy. And I give you so much kudos for doing this. I did not realize what you did, even though I read your book, until I had to put myself through that experience. <laughs> it, like just baffles me what you actually go through once you go through it. And as you guys can see, we have the pictures up. Wow, what a transformation you had done. How does it feel to be on the other side and actually kind of, uh, you know, producing a show and seeing everybody else go through it? You know, it's very surreal. I had no idea any of this would happen. I didn't know a book would come of this. I didn't know a TV show would come about. You know, I had I had no connections. I had no marketing strategy when I first did this five years ago. I just kind of set out to do it because I felt like I needed a as a trainer. I was lacking something, and for whatever reason, the idea of getting fat on purpose clicked in my mind. And I felt <laughs> like something that I had to do. And then here we are today, and people like you, Fallon, are are doing this now instead of me uh, having to do this again. It's incredible. Yes, I commend you, Fallon, being a woman too, being a female willing to put your body and your mind through this yeah it's, it's it was uh in, insane but you know what it was it was i feel accomplished now looking back and i'm so happy that i don't have to do it again but you guys are filming season two so we'll wait till later on in the interview for you to give us some um exclusives hopefully on season two and what we can expect but yeah. we are going to talk about as we usually do on our show different health and fitness topics um different reports and shaka is so great at always finding these great <laughs> studies so the first one we're going to chat about is basically social media experts um you know yes. you can't always trust but now uh reports are saying can you even trust the doctors to mm-hmm. back up health and fitness news how do you feel about this Shaka? well i thought it was interesting because a lot of times we get all this misinformation on social media and then we refuse to uh, we assume it's right so we don't go and look it up further um i think this is probably the reason i do so much research because I always want to I want to find where it's coming from you know mm-hmm. and so they found a couple of key topics and one of them is a BMI versus your waist circumference and right now I think we're all kind of tied into BMI as like this marker for obesity and um, unhealthiness and they found mm-hmm. that it's not as great a marker as we think it is yeah. and in fact people that are many people that are labeled obese are actually don't have the markers of people that are unhealthy like cholesterol mm-hmm. and um your insulin um, sensitivity. I know when I first became a trainer, I hated 
you know, telling people what their BMIs were because technically I'm obese. I'm only five feet. So I need to be like 95 pounds in order to look like, you know, I'm not obese. I was an athlete. So I have a lot of muscle mass. But, you know, talking about waist circumference, that's a, a, for me, I think it is a key indicator of being overweight because that's all your visceral fat that's, you know, in the abdomen area and Drew can really, you know, vouch for that because his belly was just huge <laughs> when he gained weight. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, that's actually a really interesting study. I've never been a, a big fan of the BMI as a marker because yeah. people with, you know, large amounts of muscle mass too are considered obese You're probably or obese overweight. Right now. <laughs> yeah. And how is that fair? How is that right? And how does that even determine if you're healthy, right? There's yeah. so much more to someone's health than than their physical appearance, their weight, their relationship with gravity, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because, yeah, BMI is one of those magic words. And we had another one, what is it, Cal- a calorie is always a calorie. Yeah, yeah. that's not true. <laughs> it's just not true. Yeah. Yeah. And so the thing about calories is that it's about how much energy is in something mm-hmm. and how much we're able to access. Yeah. So, for instance, 100 calories of almonds only has 76 accessible calories mm-hmm. um, for human beings. Yeah. And so... Not everything's the same. Fructose and glucose. We're mm-hmm. talking about two different types of sugars. So even though a calorie may be a calorie, it's going to affect you differently. Yeah. I went through this when I was gaining the weight. I just was trying to, you know, eat as many calories and the weight wasn't sticking on because I wasn't, I guess I was eating, I guess, healthier You're calories. You were trying to do like responsible yeah. gaining weight. So, <laughs> Drew, did you have a hard time gaining the weight? Because you know I did. What do you think about this calorie um, myth, I guess we can call it? No, I agree with Shaka. Like, you know, if you ate a 1,000 calories of donuts, for example, you could probably lose weight, right? But that doesn't mean you're necessarily becoming healthier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree with that 100%. Um, but, yeah, gaining the weight, for example, I, you're, it's funny that you mentioned that, Fallon, because I know some of the trainers tried to do that too where they were eating healthier food. Like if I just eat X amount of calories, I'll gain X amount of weight mm-hmm. when in reality – there's so much more to it than that. It's not that black and white. And so, um, you know, w- the way we look at food, for example, our relationship with food is we think this food right here has this many calories, so this is going to cause me to gain weight. Or if I eat this salad, it has low calories, so it's going to cause me to lose weight. But what we don't realize is food is um, it's, uh, it's, it's a mechanism, and it's, uh, it, it communicates with our body on, the bio- on a biological level. And so... <clears throat> um, you know, food affects us on a hormonal level, and we don't realize how it affects us uh, on a deeper level uh, than just, you know, calories in versus calories out. And one of the suggestions that they made, which I want to hear what you guys think about this, is, you know, for a blueberry muffin, it takes about 30 minutes on the treadmill to burn that off. Mm-hmm. Should they just be putting that on the package? <laughs> Should they just put, you know, blueberry muffin, this is what you need Instead to do. Instead of calories, yeah. right? Yeah. Just burn it up. I think it would be way more motivating. Oh, yeah. I would be like, I don't have time for that. I cannot. I don't have time to eat that muffin. It's not worth it. Yeah, I've seen a funny meme around Halloween time where it lists each Halloween candy (laughs) and how many burpees you need to do for each one to burn it off. So, hey, that might motivate some people to not eat that food sometimes. That's a deep motivation. (laughs) The study also showed that, you know, even the steps per day could be a fluke. Yeah, Um, yeah, 10,000 steps per day. But, you know, it's not really a necessary indicator that you will lose weight because, I mean, I'm looking at my 
my polar watch right now and i've i've done quite a few steps but you know you can you can eat your way out of that you know that myth came from a pedometer so apparently in 1965 a japanese pedometer came out called the 10,000 step Mm -hmm. pedometer that's where that whole myth of 10,000 steps a day is uh, the magic number and i think it's also the intensity too you know i mean if you've had a long day you you wore your watch from the beginning or your pedometer from the beginning till Mm -hmm. night you know you could just be doing your usual yeah but you know, I'm an advocate of HIT, high-intensity yeah. intervals. For me, that's what works for my body. So yeah. my steps alone, it, it really doesn't do much. It's the intensity. Yeah. What do you think about that, Drew? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm the third host here. I guess I should yeah. chime in all the time. No, I agree with that 100%. And plus... I, I remember a study, not a, not a scientific study, but um, these people too uh, did a study where they both walked around the track with different brands of pedometers, and each single one of them, even though they were walking the same distance, came out with a different reading, a significant oh, wow. different reading. That's so crazy. <laughs> it's not a hundred percent accurate, first of all, and plus I know people that can move their arm really fast, shake their arm up oh, and down, they can wash their hair. I've done that. I'm not gonna lie. I, I <laughs> would I'm be like, really close to hitting my goal, and I would just like shake oh. my arm just to get it out the way. <laughs> yeah, so it's not a hundred percent accurate. So I agree with that. But at the end of the day, you know, it is about movement and moving more. So I'm not gonna totally hate on it and say you shouldn't have a pedometer or a Fitbit of any type. Because I feel like it does keep people more accountable in that they're more aware of, okay, I need to hit X amount of steps per day. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to hate on it completely because I do think there are some benefits to it. But there's a long – we need to go a a longer way to make this more accurate and more of a viable option for people to really uh, lose weight and become healthier. And I think in this instance where we're oversaturated with um, pseudo-online fitness experts and now, you know, can we even trust fully our physicians? And I I don't blame them wholly necessarily Mm. because they're going to school to learn about medicine, not necessarily. They're trying to treat you rather than like help you with prevention. And, you know, pharmaceutical companies are backing them. So, you know, it's... uh, There's different motivations. Exactly. But what I do suggest and what this um, article suggested is, you know, when you are doing research online, really check the source that you're getting it from. I know, you know, they have the Google Scholars. Yeah, they gave us four good, really good sources. Yeah, Google Scholar is one of them. So it's like really, um, I guess, backed research. Yeah. It's not just somebody, you know, me going on my blog. No, yeah, that, yeah <laughs> but no, because you want to fact check the information. Yeah. They gave us the Cochrane Library and PubMed, P-U-B-M-E-D, mm-hmm. and then obviously Wikipedia. Wikipedia is a good place, I think, to start sometimes they have links to different references Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of times there's something i want to know about i'll type in that thing and then i'll write the word study afterwards Mm -hmm. because i want to find out where it's backed up by a study who did the study how the study was conducted before i go in and apply it to like my life hoping it's going to make some change yeah and i know i know drew um you have so many friends in the industry i mean you could just call dr oz and he can (laughs) give you the facts right there but what other ways do you fact check or you know when you want to know what is the best diet what workouts are you know really working right now yeah, so first of all, you could go off the studies and, you know, I do have my I guess group of mentors, you could say, and Dr. Oz is not one of them. Just <laughs> no. I can't just be like, "Hey, Oz, what about this?" 
And at the end of the day, even doctors disagree on, on literature and science. You know, For example, they could dissect a study and say, look, this study wasn't done right. Even though it's a published study, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that they all agree on the literature that's out there. And so at the end of the day, my opinion and my personal opinion is that we, the people, need to take the power into our own hands and we need to become our own self-experimentations to find out what is optimal for us because we're being told from all these studies and all these doctors and and quote-unquote you know social media experts saying this is what you're supposed to do and we don't really know what's best for us until we try it out ourselves yeah right so we we, and so that's why we have to become our own self-experimentations and find out what is optimal for us and so i kind of have a different view on that um and that requires us to do more work Mm -hmm. instead of just relying on my you know, listening to whatever advice my doctor gives me. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you actually practice what you preach, not only by getting fat and losing the weight, but I also listen to your podcast where you constantly talk about the ketogenic diet and, you know, you have been on this diet for a while now, so you can actually speak from experience. And there's other things that you've done on your podcast where you speak about your experience. So I love that, you know, if you personally out there listening don't want to try it, I'm pretty sure Drew has tried. it's so true and i just really think people need to see the value there's value in becoming your own self-experimentation because that way you know what's optimal for you so things you need to do are get your blood work done on on a regular basis Mm -hmm. right to see where you're at um and then some other markers like getting your body fat tested Mm -hmm. and uh, going off how your body feels instead of okay well i heard this vegan thing is really good but you know, I don't know if it's optimal for me or this keto thing or this paleo thing. You need to give yourself a good, I think, 60 days consistent of consistently trying whatever it is you're trying to figure out if it works for you or not. And then documenting stuff like documenting how you feel and your energy levels and getting your blood work done and getting your body fat tested on a regular basis to find out what is really optimal. Yeah. And I always tell people take pictures too of, you know, because a lot of times we think we're not progressing. And but if you look back at a picture you took a day the, the last week, you, then you can see it for yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's so important to just continually document what you do, then yeah. you can attribute what's happening yeah. to your body. That's funny because yeah. when I did the TV show, every single week <laughs> the producers would make us take these photos. I'm like, nothing is changing. And then when you go back, you're like, oh my god, I look so different, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> And you changed a lot too, Fallon. You changed a lot. Yeah, it was crazy. I think it's because I'm so short too. You could just yeah. notice every every <laughs> inch of fat, every uh, expansion of every curve on my body. It was yeah. quite intense. Well, I don't know what you did to lose the weight, but as you know, football is an excellent way to do it. <laughs> we got a great message from DraftKings. So is football your passion? It's not, but I hear you can win some money doing DraftKings. Yes, you can. You know all the players and teams, their strengths and weaknesses. Now put that knowledge to the test and play for your shot at the $1 million top prize at DraftKings.com. It's just part of the $5 million in total prizes they're doling out in week one in, week, in this week one contest. DraftKings.com is the destination for one-week fantasy football. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want with the players you want. Just pick your contest, draft your players, and follow your team live. Renewal rivalries by challenging friends and family in a private league or to prove to prove you the superior GM. Or join an existing league and go head-to-head with friends, co-workers, and fancy players from all across the country. Hurry to DraftKings.com now to choose your players, and you could seriously cash in. 
Use code BSPORTS and play for free with your first deposit. That's code B-S-P-O-R-T-S to play free for your share of the $5 million in total prizes in this contest. Only at DraftKings.com, DraftKings.com. Eligibility restrictions may apply. See website for details. Nice. Speaking yeah. of football, um, Drew, how often do you get the question if you're related to the Mannings? Uh, not not that often because no. there's not a resemblance, uh, but I do say, well, you know, those are my cousins. Especially yeah. if they win the Super Bowl. <laughs> after after they win the Super Bowl, I'm like, oh yeah, Peyton, he's my cousin. Yeah, that's I my homie. Everything. <laughs> I taught him everything he knows. Hilarious. <laughs> All right, our second story today, which I love. Thank you, Shaka. This yeah. was very, you know, informative. It's talking about how exercise doesn't just burn fat, but it can actually give you smart fat. Yeah. What is smart fat? Well, yeah, this was interesting to me because I hadn't really heard too much about it. So it's yeah. like you have white fat, which is like the fat that wants to be stored and stay in your body. Mm-hmm. And then you have brown fat, which helps you burn calories. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also linked to better insulin sensitivity and mm-hmm. uh, glucose tolerance. And so they found that when you exercise, so basically when you exercise a protein's released, that, irisin. Uh, yeah, irisin. Mm-hmm. And so irisin gives way to another protein that converts white fat cells into brown fat cells. Mm-hmm. So you're literally changing you know, the type of fat you have to fat that's going to burn and work for you. Mm-hmm. And they found that when they soaked fat cells, human fat cells, in irisin, that they, there were less fat cells, 20 to 60% less fat cells in, in that that human tissue. Yeah, and not only that, the um, brown fat actually helped with, um, you know, when it when it got older, because yeah. there's young fat and old fat, <laughs> yeah. but when that brown fat mature, matured, it helped strengthen the bones. Yeah. And I found that interesting because I train so many women who their doctors will have them come to me because, you know, they have osteoporosis and they need to, you know, get stronger. And, you know, I know muscles help with giving you strength, but I didn't know brown fat could actually help with strengthening your bones. Yeah, it's crazy. Did you know about this, Drew? Yeah, actually I did. And I think it's really interesting you guys brought this up um, because a lot of people don't understand the difference between the two. And I kind of tell it tell it to them like this. Like, babies are born with a lot of brown fat. And that's why they're always warm. They have this ability to, you know, provide heat for themselves, right? They're always burning so many calories. They're always <laughs> warm. And as we grow older, right, that turns into white fat cells. And, um, and it, you know, our, uh, it, uh, it starts to slow down uh, our production of brown fat cells. But you can turn that back on by exercising. Mm-hmm. And there's also some studies showing that by taking cold showers yeah. or jumping in cold water can activate more brown fat cells in your body to turn mm-hmm. on and, 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 you know, rev that up. And so I recommend to people – I mean, not that you're going to become – skinny by taking cold showers <laughs> but that's another hack you can add into your life as well that's so, funny that's one of the things i've done yeah. yeah if i skip the gym tonight i'm gonna go take a cold, <laughs> shower, cold shower instead <laughs> there you go. all right um another story scientists have finally agreed on what the best <laughs> diet is yeah. Is there really the best diet? I like this because you know I saw the article and I was like, oh, I can't wait to read this. Yeah, yeah. The best diet. What right. is it? Um, but it turns out they looked at all these different studies, all these different diets, and the best diet is the one you can stick to. Um, it turns out that they looked over time at all these different diets. It didn't matter what diet you were on. 
the people lost around the same amount of weight mm -hmm. as long as they stuck to the diet. Yeah, and there's a couple questions um, you should ask yourself when you are about to embark on a yeah. new diet. One, can you stick with it? Two, is it healthy? Yeah. You know, I've heard so many, like for me, the master cleanse diet, I just die on that diet. I could yeah. not last more than yeah. like two days. Yeah, any, just, any diet that's got like a time limitation, yeah. you, you want to look a little bit closer at yeah. its healthy, healthy yeah. effects. Three, um, it's all about the small changes. So yeah. you don't want to do an overly drastic diet because it's too much. You, you'll go back to the way you ate before if you yeah. can't actually do it overnight. Yeah. yeah. And um, also it's based on skills. Yeah, I, I, I really like this part because they, they want to – the diet should give you tools for dealing with triggers. So mm -hmm. if you have a food trigger, whether it's emotional eating, um, whether it's just your love for certain types of food, mm -hmm. a, a diet should have in place for you – different ways to deal with certain types of eating so that when you get to that place and you can remain on the diet. Yeah. What is your uh, favorite diet that you've tried, Drew, other than the keto diet? Because I know mm -hmm. that seems to be your favorite well, right now. The, the problem is the word diet because there's a donut diet, there's <laughs> a tweaks diet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, it's our perception of the word diet. So for me, I recently have been a big fan of the keto diet. Now, for everybody, I don't think it is for everybody. Just like any other diet isn't. There's no one size fits all. Um, but a lot, it's our perception of it. When we think of the word diet, we think short term. What's the the quickest way to lose the most amount of weight with the least amount of effort? Yeah. Right. That's what we're all looking for. Is I want to put in the least amount of effort and lose the most amount of weight. <laughs> We aren't looking for sustainability when it comes to diet programs, yeah. right? We're looking like, okay, I just need to lose this. I got a wedding coming up or a cruise or whatever. So it's our perception of that word diet. I think that that is the issue. And so, yes, I do agree with that. The best diet out there is the one that you can maintain long term. But that doesn't mean, for example, like I do keto or I do paleo. It doesn't mean I'm not going to eat grains ever again or I'm not going to eat sugar ever again. Mm -hmm. I think there's there's an, a, a need for balance, and and I think if you can sustain it 80% of the time, then I think that's something that is a good fit for you yeah. instead of perfect, being perfect all or nothing all the time. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, you got to allow yourself. I agree. Now let's talk about the marijuana diet. Just kidding. The but marijuana diet. <laughs> our next topic was very interesting. I know um, in California, marijuana yeah. has been legalized, you know, for a while. Yeah. Um, and now after the election, so many other states have been awarded, I guess, yeah, having just, legalized marijuana as well. Yeah, we had five states legalized. Mm -hmm. California legalized recreational marijuana. Mm -hmm. And so now it's a big concern. Are there actually health worries to marijuana? Because, you know, the, the idea is there's, it's generally harmless. Mm -hmm. But they are finding there may be some cardiomyopathy problems and that's really um, your heart having weak heart muscles mm -hmm. and so they're finding that there may be a correlation between marijuana and weak weak heart muscles and that people in this group that they studied they found that people that smoked marijuana they had a two percent um, more of a likelihood to be getting um, stress related cardiomyopathy mm -hmm. And now it was affecting young males, which is a, a group this this does not typically affect. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's it's kind of gained a little bit of traction. At the same time, they are, they have admitted to some confounding factors that the group that smoked marijuana also did illicit drugs, also mm -hmm. suffered from depression as well. Yeah. So there's more work to be teased out here, but certainly with it being recreational now, and uh, it's uh, I believe over 20% of people in the country now have access to marijuana. Mm -hmm. These are things we want to be looking at. How do you really feel about this study? Uh, well, I mean. It, 
I think it's legitimate in, in the fact that we really haven't studied marijuana the way we should have because we haven't had the opportunity. Yeah. So we don't know what dangers are out there. I generally feel it's a pretty harmless drug, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I just don't know. Yeah. I seen, I don't know if both of you, if you've watched the um, Dr. What is his name? Sonja Kupta yeah, from San- CNN. Sanjay, yeah. yeah, Sanja. He had a great documentary on marijuana, and um, it really showed, especially like a lot of children who suffered from seizures. Oh, yeah. Very, they would take uh, whatever ingredient CBD. out of yeah, yeah out of it and give it to the kids, yeah. and it was like day and night. It yeah. really, really helped them. And you know, for for me, when I watched that, it really changed my perspective. I saw it as medicine, oh, yeah. but what happens when we abuse it and and we're we're doing it just yeah. you know we're fine. I feel like anything in excess and the, um, yeah. can hurt you. And the general argument is you can abuse marijuana without too much hurting you. Yeah. But we don't. I don't. I don't think we also know. We haven't had widespread abuse of it. Yeah. You know. Um, so I think. When or goes, studies of that abuse. Yeah. So when we when it goes recreational, we'll have some more information. Yeah. But it's doing well in Colorado, yeah. doing well in Washington State. So we'll see. Yeah. So next week we'll have Snoop Dogg on, <laughs> and we'll ask him personally <laughs> the effects. There you of go. It. <laughs> have you done any studies on marijuana, or do you feel or like with weight loss, even? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Drew. Do do you know any of this, or looked into this, or heard that it actually can affect the heart muscles and and affect young men who abuse it? I haven't heard that study, but I, I think I agree with Shaka on this one. I think there's still it's so new with our studies on on what it uh, can do, right? I do. I think there's tremendous benefits, and I think for the most part it's harmless. But at the same time, there's still a lot more research that needs to be done, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the fact that we're open to it being medicine and being uh, being known as as this is not that as bad as we were told as kids, like hey, stay away from this yeah. drug, yeah. it'll do this to you, right? I think uh, the facts are out there that it's for the most part safe and helpful for a lot of people. But uh, so I like that we're moving in the right direction, but I think there's still a lot more work that needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. and what was exciting is a couple of years ago, I actually read an article that found marijuana was linked to better cardiovascular um, function and also lower weight for people that had used it for a long period of time. And so it'll be interesting to, interesting really? to see. Really? Even after getting the munchies? Yeah. They, they, people <laughs> that used marijuana on average had lower body weights than people that, you know, that had, had not. And so it'll be interesting to see if there's any fitness effect and if yeah. you'll start getting pre-workouts that are infused mm-hmm. with this or, you know, yeah. protein that's infused with this. Who knows? Yeah, I can't touch that stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'm staying far away from it. It doesn't sit well with me. But, all right, so now we're going to jump into... Just, you know, all about you, Drew. We're going <laughs> to jump right in. You Uh-oh, have so go. much going on. You have your book. You have your podcast. You have your TV show. Is there something in the works that you're not telling us? Hmm. Uh, there's <laughs> Yes, uh, kind of. There's possibly another book that I'm just in the beginning stages. Oh, wait, the dad of- book. A dad book, yes. Yes, I did, yeah. Yeah. I I think I listened to one of your podcasts. For you guys out there, if you haven't gone over to his Instagram or social media, please do now as we talk and look at his beautiful little girls. I will have to say you are one of very few men who really show how much he uh, you adore your children and that's such a great thing to be able to show off. You know, I feel like a lot of people, especially men, don't do that. Well, thank you so much, and I appreciate that, Fallon, because I feel like, yeah, I've, I've been through a, a life transformation over the past couple of years. Um, you know, Fit to Fat Fit happened about five years ago, and it kind of took off and became a successful brand, and then the TV show happened. But personally, 
I was I was struggling and I went through a divorce and kind of hit rock bottom and had to kind of re re find myself and 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 it took a while for me to find you know uh, who I was and and what my role in life was and so yeah being a dad uh, has kind of uh, helped me progress to where I am now as far as um, learning how to embrace vulnerability learning how to uh, to be a good man and to have a good relationship with myself and so yes. I do plan on opening up more uh, about my personal life, which is scary in a way, but at the same time, I think inspiring to a lot of men because I don't think, like you said, Fallon, there's a lot of men out there that are talking about being vulnerable, being uh, open about uh, being a dad and the importance of that role, especially to daughters, in, in my opinion. And so, yes, I will open up about that side because there's a lot more to me than just health and fitness. Mm-hmm. And so I hope to to show that here in the next little bit. I know in one of the episodes, um, I forget, I think it was JJ's episode, but his client, he wanted to lose weight specifically so that he could adopt and be a great father. How much do you feel like your health and taking care of your health, especially after you gain the weight um, and then, you know, lost it, how much does that affect you as a father? Do you have that same motivation like, hey, I need to stay fit for my children? Are you motivating and inspiring them to live healthy, fit lives? Yes. Um, I feel like being a dad is, is a very important role, first and foremost. And what I've learned over the years is that there's so much more to our health than us just being skinny or having a six-pack, right? Um, and us being an example to our, our kids – um, is essential because that's where they learn about health and fitness from, in my opinion, first is from us. So they learn from our examples. But it doesn't mean that you need to look a certain way or weigh a certain weight for your kids to know that, that you see the value of living a healthy lifestyle. Uh, but I do feel it's important for us dads to kind of step up and take that role because I know society kind of tells us, oh, we can be this you know, we can have the dad bod and that's cool. It's funny. And they did that. But if we're dying of a heart attack at 40, that's not cool. You know what I'm saying? So we just need to learn how to take care of ourselves and take care of our health. And we understand that we need to make ourselves a priority. Moms included, uh, we sacrifice our health for our kids thinking, um, I'm, I'm selfless because I am not going to the gym or I'm not spending a lot of time cooking these meals because I want to spend more time with my kids. When in reality, you know, uh, you're not the best version of you when you're not healthy. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're not yeah, the happiest you, version of you when you're not healthy. And you deprive them of a good example. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. makes a lot of sense. Now, I had a question. So, you know, I found it difficult that Fallon even did Fit to Fat to Fit, but, you know, at least it was a show. Where did you find the courage to do it just on your own in the beginning? That's a great question. I think it just came from the realization that I could not connect with my clients who were overweight. I could not understand why it was so hard for them just to do what I was telling them. You know, I'm like, it's so easy. You guys just eat healthy, exercise. I don't understand why it's so hard for you guys to, you know, uh, just give up soda and go to the gym when I tell you to. I just had these clients that would just say, you know what, Drew, you don't understand why it's so hard. You've always been in shape. And it just kind of ate at me. And then I was thinking of ideas and the idea popped up in my head. And it's one of those moments in life where you feel like it was like a calling. Like this is inspiration in a way. Like this is something I need to do. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, that was the feeling I got when I first thought of 
getting fat on purpose, as crazy as that sounds. <laughs> did you have any moments of doubt or did you, you know, day five, you're like, wait, I got to just lose this weight and get back to being fit? <laughs> oh, yeah. The okay. old me kind of tapped in where I was like freaking out because I used to complain about, you know, getting fat by not going to the gym for two days in a row or three days or eating too many cheat meals over the weekend. Yeah. Um, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this. And then you know, I'm like, I still have five and a half months left to go <laughs> balance and relate to this, you know? Um, so it's, uh, yeah, you do kind of freak out. And, but at the same time, you realize it's not just about you. And I kind of, you know, once you put the word out there, you kind of make yourself accountable to your audience. Mm-hmm. You have to follow through. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were going through this process, did you, were you writing a book in the meantime? Or when did it come to you where you're like, you know what, I should let the world know about this no I did not have uh, an idea to write a book so I knew I wanted to blog about it and put it up on YouTube right so I documented on my website and on YouTube and that's all I knew how to do and it just kind of became organic from there friends started telling friends and other people and then uh, fitness bloggers reached out to me and wanted to interview me and then it just kind of spread from there. Then it showed up on Yahoo one day, and then boom, that's when I got TV uh, calls from TV shows, and then I got a call from the publisher. They read my blogs, um, and they 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 said that this would be a good idea for a book. And so the book thing happened about four months into my fit to fat journey, oh, okay. and it was just you know I had no connections. They reached out to me. Yeah, that's awesome. A, yeah, I remember seeing that story. I remember thinking to myself, you know, who's this fool that's doing yeah, yeah, this? Yeah. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, maybe I could do No, I can't do that. Yeah. It's impossible. <laughs> I'm not going to gain weight. What if I don't lose it again? And, you know? Now, I have a question for you. I never asked you this question before, but um, I know for me, okay, so did the weight gain, weight loss affect your relationship? I know you openly talked about your divorce. I know for me, I didn't want to admit it during the process, but in hindsight, it really did affect my relationship that I was in. Not, not so much. I mean, he, he thought I was beautiful. He, he would tell me, you know, you're great how you are, but I feel like, it kind of brought to the forefront problems uh, that we already had that maybe, you know, um, I think whenever you're under stress, right, a high amount of stress, if you have problems, they're going to come to the surface. So even though me being overweight necessarily didn't cause issues, but the stress I was under gaining the weight and losing the weight drastically affected my relationship. Do you think it affected yours? Oh, yeah, I can relate to that 100%. And I kind of open up in that in my book about that. And so does my ex-wife, too. She has the chapter in the book, too, where she opens up about our relationship and how we fought more in those six months than we did before in our entire marriage. Now, I wouldn't say that it caused us to get divorced, not by any means. If you know, Once I open up about my story, people will know why we got divorced. But mm-hmm. it did kind of uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, exacerbate the problems that were already there, you know, underlying problems that we already had. And so when you're when you're going through this fit to fat phase and your hormones start to change, <laughs> you you're, you're, <laughs> you really your personality do. changes, you become <laughs> snappier and like less patience and, you know, you're lazy and you're tired all the time and you're lethargic and you just, you know, you're moodier. And so, yeah, that causes you to fight with this other person mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe if you were healthy, you wouldn't have those same issues. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes 
total sense. Complete sense, sense yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. how is it, you know, being on the other side, what was it like for you watching season one and now, you know, as season two is being filmed, how is it seeing all of us, <laughs> you know, go through that experience? Are you just sitting you, back you laughing? you got to be loving it, right? <laughs> or were you surprised by some of the different experiences that we went through? It's so interesting because I get to relive my experience through you guys. Um, <laughs> sometimes I forget what it was like. You know, uh, I did mine five and a half years ago, and sometimes I forget the process. But seeing you guys go through it and seeing how you guys suffer physically, mentally, and emotionally, yeah. I start to relive my experience. And it is surprising that it's almost exactly the same for every single trainer, even though there's different twists and turns, and they all, they all have their own reactions to it. It's almost the same pattern that we as trainers go through who are these disciplined, fit, you know, um, in a way self-obsessed in the beginning and kind of judgmental. They go through this process where they become humbled and they kind of grow through this process. Yes, physically they grow, but emotionally too and, and their empathy and their respect for their clients and the understanding that they have of, of transformation is so much better than than what it was before. And so it's really cool to see almost every single trainer who has gone through this process, go through the same kind of pattern uh, during Fit to Fat to Fit. So season two, I know season one, um, it was kind of like the first season where, you know, you guys showed the world what this process is like. Is there anything that you can tell us about in season two that may be different or... And they're, they're all together in season two, right? Are they all together this season? Yeah, so the format's a little bit different. Season one, the way we had it was each episode was one trainer's journey from fit to fat to fit. Uh, season two, what we're doing is we're bringing all the trainers together, mm-hmm. and they're going through the process together at the same time. So are they all and in the house each... together? or? No, they're not living in a house together, but we bring them together in the beginning, the middle, and the end mm-hmm. to kind of do their weigh-ins, right, before, after, and after. Mm-hmm. Um so that they can kind of see each other. But what we did is we had them go their first day of Fit to Fat. They all went to the same places together and did their, did their first big cheat meal together, oh, cool. right? Um, so that was kind of cool. They got to experience that. But the thing that's different in season two is that each client, the client um, on on season two, the clients are relatives of the trainers. Oh. So instead of a complete stranger, there's a husband-wife duo. There's a sister-sister duo, you know? Um, other yeah, people are like cool. family friends, good. so they're kind of like a family, or um, they're long time like family friends that are like family members, and so it adds a different dynamic, and yeah. there's gonna be so much more drama because when it's someone you love, uh, yeah. it, it's it causes so much more real emotion yeah, to definitely. be. It raises <laughs> the stakes. I can imagine raises, exactly because I could, yeah, you know that after the cameras turn off, I'm still going to see you. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, very, exactly. very. And it's so weird how the people you love the most, you're the meanest to, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's so interesting. Whereas it, when it's a stranger, you're kind of like, you well, know, hold you don't up, hurt my their client was pretty or, mean to me. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if it's a stranger, you don't know like their yeah. backstory. You know, I don't know if there's something you're not telling me that made that's making this way more difficult mm-hmm. for you. But when it's someone you know, you're like, oh, I, I know your backstory. You can do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and you can call them out and you know, you don't take crap from them and they don't take crap from you. It's it just adds so much more real emotion to the story. And so that's what's different about season two. 
And the, and it's each episode will be a continuation. So you got to tune in each week to see what happens next, because oh, uh, it's not just it. one train or one episode yeah. like yeah. it was in season one. I'm interested in that sister sister combo because that's yeah. that's you know she's getting weight for you to yeah. both lose it. That's, that's going to be good. So when does season two premiere? Um, right now we're we're aiming for spring of 2017, nice. uh, probably Aprilish, but we don't have a set date yet. Okay, awesome. Now let's talk about your podcast. I am such a big fan. Um, how long have you had this podcast? Wh- where did you like? How did you decide? Like, okay, I wrote a book. I did a TV show. Yeah. What made you want to start a podcast? So, okay, so I've had the podcast for over a year now, which is crazy because I cannot believe it's been that long. But I started to become a fan of podcasts. Actually, um, I can't. I think I got turned on to the Tim Ferriss show, love that, and yeah, the that Joe Rogan experiment. And I just yeah. started listening to these crazy podcasts, and then I started listening to all these other ones. And I'm like, there is so much information out here that is free that you can have available at the touch of your fingers any time of the day. And I'm like, man, I just haven't tapped into this. Why haven't I done this? And so I became obsessed with listening to all these podcasts. And so you can find out anything. If you have any interest in the world, you could find a podcast on it. So whether that's video games, whether that's Game of Thrones, whether that's health and fitness or religion or history, you can find a podcast on that and and learn from experts. And so I started listening to health and fitness podcasts and – I remember I reached out to this guy named Sean Stevenson. I was who just has, I was looking his uh, um <laughs> his the name of his show up. I really really like his show, and I know you guys. I think you were on his, and he was on yours. Yeah, we've become like best friends now because I reached out to him, and he actually reached back out to me. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's cool. Because I just said, hey man, I love your podcast, and he like reached back out to me, and he had me on as a guest, and then we just kind of hit it off. And he kind of challenged me. He's like, dude, you need to get a podcast. He's like, you have the following. Um, He's like, you got a great voice. You would be good for this. Uh, He also said, you have a great face for podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm like, you know what? I was like, why can't I do it? You know, I was so nervous because I'm like, so many times in life we think, well, this isn't for me. This is what Mm -hmm. these people do. This is what these experts do. Mm -hmm. But you know, why not you? Why not now? Yeah, and so I decided to weight. do my research, <laughs> put in the time. and and uh, But honestly, Sean Stevenson was one of my kind of mentors and kind of uh, uh, talked me into this. And yeah. so it's his <laughs> and fault. And he's a good dad too. I could see why you guys would get along. Yeah, yeah, he's great. All right, and let's talk about, last thing before we go, your dollar workout club. Really? Yes. A dollar can get me a free workout? Yeah. Yes. Okay. About? So this is really cool. So I started this about uh, about a year ago as well. And um, me and my ex-wife, actually, uh, she's one of the, my business partners, and Natalie Hodson, who has a large social media following as well. Um, we teamed up. We teamed together. And kind of following the same format of Dollar Shave Club, right, um, we wanted to create a fitness platform, an online fitness platform that was affordable but super high-quality and for uh, a cheaper price, uh, so we decided to call it Dollar Workout Club, where people can stream online workout videos, you know, to their smartphone, their computer, their laptop, um, their uh, iPads, and they could do these workouts from home, minimal qu- equipment, uh, eight to twenty minutes long each workout at beginner, intermediate, and advanced fitness levels, oh, wow. uh, all for a dollar a week, and so they get access each week for a dollar. Five new workout videos, five healthy recipe videos, and five motivational videos. New content delivered every single week for just uh, about a buck a week. 
And that's why we call it Dollar Workout Club. That's awesome. Oh, wow. $4 a month, too high. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. You, you, you definitely um, found something there. I feel like, you know, I pay... I'll pay $10 yeah. for a great, you know, app on my, my iPhone. You know, yeah. I definitely would purchase $4. And I mean, you guys are all experts. You know what you're doing. You know, we've seen you do it. So that's, that's awesome that you're willing to, to give out your services for that amount. Yeah. And there's, there's daily burn, there's beach body, there's a lot of competitors and your average is somewhere between 10 to $15 a month, mm-hmm. you know, for access to these kinds of things. And we just feel like there's, you know, it, it, it doesn't need to be that expensive. At all. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on here. Please uh, think of me for your next big idea, your next, uh, <laughs> you, you know. Are you, are you sure about that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> as long as I don't have to gain weight again, I am good. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks again. Um, I'm so looking forward to season two and everything else that you have, you know, in the works. Um, again, where can our following find you? Yeah, so all my whole brand is fit to fat to fit with the number two. So fit to fat number two fit.com. So my book is fit to fat to fit. My podcast is fit to fat to fit. My Instagram, Facebook, Twitter is all at fit to fat to fit. Do Super people, easy. do people like forget your name? They just think, Oh, that's the fit to fat guy. Nobody knows my name. That's yeah. so funny. No Drew Manning. Oh, man. Thank you so much for <laughs> right, joining us. We appreciate you, you guys watching. Same time, same place next week. I'm your host, Fallon Mercedes. You guys can find me online at fitwithfallon.com. And where can they find you, Shaka? You can find me online at Shaka Strong on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. All right, you guys, stay healthy. We'll see you next week. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live. Scipio, Instagram me, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.